0: an interesting day. You all, if you're 18, 17, 19 coming in, uh, you all were not alive at uh, 9-11, 2001, which is an amazing thing. We're going to have a big service next week commemorating the 20th anniversary of that. So this is a, it's a unique generation, an opportunity for you to learn from the past and go forward. But there's a lot of things you don't know about. Phones that you had to dial, you know, and uh, things called cassette tapes and 8 uh, tracks those are great those are awful actually i remember i thought i was so cool i got my first car it was an old beat up corvair and you don't even know what a corvair is i mean that was a classic dump of a car but anyway <laughs> and i remember i scraped and got a one of those attachments you, this old bulky attachment for a big old 8 track they're about that big you know and you, Stick it in there, and I thought, man, I am cutting edge. (laughs) So uh, anyway, so when Dr. Jim and I refer to some things, and you have no idea what we're talking about, just have patience with us. We are from another world. There were dinosaurs at that time. (laughs) There's all kind of stuff going on. So uh, anyway, one of the things back from that time was a uh, front seat that was a bench. Can you believe that? I mean, uh, there was no in-between. A console there It was just a straight bench across. I mean, every car was that way. And uh, and so I had to say all of that to make this illustration make sense to you. Uh, married a couple of uh, many years ago, I'll add that in, were riding along in their automobile on a bench seat. And the wife sat at one end of the seat and the husband at the other end behind the steering wheel. The wife asked, Why can't we sit close together like we did shortly after our marriage? That was always the big thing, you know. It was really dangerous, you know, these couples would sort of hug on uh, the driver and the drivers like this, uh, but it always scared me when I saw them. It's about like uh, texting today, you know, with uh, uh, cell phones when you're driving. So uh, why can't we sit together like we used to when we were dating? And her husband replied, I ain't moved. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. I can't believe it. I set it up enough for you to get it. That is uh, an amazing thing. Okay. One of these old illustrations. But I want to tell you, folks, God ain't moved. Excuse my English. He's right there ready to be close to you. A.W. Tozer, in his Pursuit of God book, which is such a classic, said, "...the practice of the presence of God..." consists not of projecting an uh, imaginary object from within our own mind and then seeking to realize its presence. It is rather to recognize the real presence of the one whom all sound of theology declares to be already there. You know the Lord is your Savior, and I'm confident you all do. Uh, Then in your spirit right now is the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about... One of the groundwork issues for you as you start your education this year is to know the presence of God. James chapter 4, one of the revival passages of the New Testament. James was very well written as the first book, or at least one of the first books in the New Testament. And uh, this chapter uh, really is parallel to a lot of the call for revival in the Old Testament. I'm going to only focus on a few verses in the middle, but I would encourage you sometime to really look at the full context of this. talks about the, the battles that we have within and with others and all the issues that are in our life, the first couple of uh, uh, verses there. And then because of that, with the flesh dominating, our prayer life is not there, ye ask Uh, Ye ask and receive not, verse 3, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. And back in verse uh, 2 at the end, ye have not because ye ask not. Now what I want you to realize is that when the flesh is dominant, the prayer life is for the most part non-existent. And so this whole matter of knowing God gets down to having victory in your inner life. Verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And so you can see here the Holy Spirit is getting right to the heart of the matter of living for self and then letting Satan cause us to look to the world rather than to him ...to meet the need of our hearts. It's a very shocking concept to be called an adulterer or an adulteress. But the point is, we are are the bride of Christ... ...and we are not to be depending upon and loving anything else other than Him. But I'd like us to go uh, right away now to uh, verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God... Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Young people, in these few days, I want to encourage you to realize that knowing God and beginning to get on the pathway of a life that's going to count will start, as it always does, with submission to the heavenly master that we have. Life does not it doesn't work without 100% surrender to God. There has to be a complete yielding to the Lordship. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. This is a willful putting of yourself under his leadership and his authority, which means you trust him, that you are willing to place your life in his hands, and you have given your will to him so that he can direct. Now, young people, just think with me for a moment. Every atom in your body was created by God. How you, in particular, were put together. It is one of the most amazing things. There is no way a thinking person should be able to believe in evolution. The the mind, the brain, the whole neurological system, the electrical system of, of a person, the DNA, it is just an incredibly amazing creation, and all of creation is. But God... Uh, has put you together in a very unique and special way. But more than that, you have a spirit that is eternal. That's why you are so special to God. You are made in His image, you have an eternal spirit, and you are made to have a relationship with Him forever. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with Him far greater than any relationship you have ever thought about or known here on this Earth. And so this matter of submission, if you think about it, ought not be such a big problem. If the Creator God made us, doesn't he know how we should work? If the Creator God loves us and has a desire to meet all of our needs and is our Heavenly Father, ought we not trust Him? I mean, when you think about it, one of the most foolish things in the world is a stubbornness in Yielding to the will of God for our life. But we do have that sinful nature. And though uh, when we're saved, God dramatically changes us, we're a new creation, we still have that propensity for self will and self love and self dependence, which is going to cause us then to look to the world. And so, young people, I just really want to encourage you to reflect as you hear preaching, as we have the meetings coming up. As you go through a number of things in these next few days, the first thing you need to settle is, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. By the way, and you'll hear me say this a hundred times probably this year, but when you were saved, Ephesians 4.24 says that your spirit was born again, created in righteousness and true holiness. Did you know that the real you is righteous and holy as Jesus Christ? Now you still have the body of sin, you still have the propensity to sin, but you are a new creation, so you will never be satisfied, you will, it will never click, it will never work because you are a child of God, indwelt by the Spirit of God, an absolutely uh, transformed person because of, the, uh, because of what God did in your heart, and the only thing that will put your life together is 100% surrender. You may be here, and you're here because you have decided, well, I'm going to obey my parents, and I know it's the right thing to go to a college like this, but there, you haven't really been surrendered for quite a while. The problem is you haven't even tasted and seen that the Lord is good because when you do surrender, all of a sudden, everything about life, boom, comes right into focus. And so it's very important. The motto of the great missionary C.T. Stud was, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, there is no sacrifice too great for me to make for him. You've heard that. And that's really true. He loves you. He made you. He died for you. He is right now making intercession for you. Everything you are and have is because of him. Folks, it is only, even from a human standpoint, logical sense to surrender to him but it is a decision of your will where you yield to the Spirit of God. The only problems you'll have in the 21-22 school year is going to be your own self-centeredness. God will take every trial, everything you go through, and He will use it for good if you're trusting Him. Surrender is, I mean, it's the foundation for a great building to be built. And we hear messages all the time, but I want you to think about it in a much deeper way than you ever have. In fact, surrender causes you to get all in with Christ. You know, I really get stirred uh, in a, just in a sad way when I uh, watch films and see documentaries on Adolf Hitler and World War II. Just an amazing thing. Germany had been through so much. And Germany, unfortunately, had had a lot of religious liberalism and humanism. Much of it was birthed out of that. And then they had World War I, and they were able to for Adolf Hitler it's just an amazing thing to me and um, you see those in the Holocaust Museum in uh, Israel in Jerusalem you see all of the different uh, uh, rallies that they had and it just stirs you and and, but when you think about it Adolf Hitler was a madman Uh, he had satanic purposes he was of course uh, uh, guilty of murdering many many people but as he concluded one of his fiery speeches before 100,000 young people your age, they stood en masse and said with one voice, we are yours, do with us what you will. That sends chills up and down your spine. And the millions of people that died during World War II came because young people surrendered themselves completely to the satanic power of adolf hitler young people it's going to happen again once the rapture occurs and there will be great youth movements that will follow the antichrist don't you think we need a great movement following the christ don't we don't you think in these days that are very interesting that we need people young people that just say i've got a good god he's given me everything I'm all in for Him, I don't want one bit of self to hold back my trust in Him. I want to know Him, I want to live in His presence, and I want to accomplish His purpose. And so submit yourselves therefore to God. You have to make that decision. No one here, no rule will do it, no procedure will do it, no one even mentoring you and disciples, discipling you can do it. It's got to get down to the very essence of your being, Lord you are God, you are my Lord, you died for me. I am all yours. And I'm telling you, when you say that and mean it in your soul, things begin to change and thinking begins to change and it clicks. So I urge you, if you're not there right now, maybe you're sort of close. There's no such thing as being sort of close. You either are submitted or you're submitted to yourself. One or the other. Now... uh, it's very interesting if you look at the second part of the uh, verse there in verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God, then what can you do? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The young people, are you have you been a little awaken, awakened in the last few months about the darkness of man? Have you been able to hear the hiss of the, of the evil one? Have you seen how culture is now revealing what it really is? We've had the moral revolution and secularism going on for decades now, and now it's just like it's all blown up. And we need to realize that there's a very real Satan, and he knows how to fool people. If you're like me at times, I will hear reports on the news, and I'll just want to pull my hair out hearing it because it doesn't make sense. How can people think that way? Well, when you're lost and you don't have God and you're not believing the Bible, you've got the God of this world blinding the minds of them which believe not, and that's why the foolishness that's being believed uh, is, uh, is there. But young people, as you look at what's going on around, around the world, how can we, who have been saved by the grace of God, we've got the truth, we know what is right, how can we be in a place at all where we want the influence of the one that's wrecking the world? See, every moment that you are tempted to want this world's uh, lifestyle for your own, or just looking to the comforts of this life to have meaning in your life, you put yourself right directly in the hand of the evil one. That's why you find fellow Christians your age, young people, that don't think like you do. They're not biblicalists, and yet they're saved. We've been hearing awful statistics here recently. 60% 60% of evangelicals believe you can get to heaven without Jesus Christ. 60% of evangelicals, evangelical is somebody that believes you're born again by, by faith in the Lord, uh, and higher than that, among your age bracket, believe that the LGBTQ movement is okay. That's total delusion, and these are people that have the Spirit of God potentially in them. They may or may not be saved. That's why, young people, this matter of surrender is so important. Because if you aren't surrendered, then Satan, though he cannot indwell you, praise the Lord, you are already spiritually possessed by the Holy Spirit. That He can sure influence you. I've seen students sitting right here who got away from the Lord and got into some stubbornness, began to believe the lies of the devil. You can do it. So, when you submit yourself to God, what can you do then? You can resist the devil, and he'll do what? He'll flee from you. That's good news, folks. Now, uh, don't ever say, the devil made me do it. Okay, that old program, that's way before your time. You don't even know what I'm talking about hardly. But uh, everything was blamed on the devil. Well, he may have influenced you, but remember, anytime you ever make a decision to do something in your life, you did it. You've got to take responsibility. Because as a believer, the mighty Spirit of God who created the heavens and earth indwells you, and when you yield to Him, you've got all the power needed because Jesus won the victory on the cross to resist the devil, and He will always flee from you. This morning, I very clearly claim those scriptures and ask God for protection in my life, and I believe I have it. I also pray for you, that God would protect you today. That Satan would not have any influence on your life. We have the right in the, because of the blood of Jesus to take our stand against the devil. But what is the key to having victory over Satan? Submit yourselves therefore to God. I tell you what you can get all boggled up in your thinking. You can get yourself messed up if you spend week after week stubborn about something in your life. It's not worth it. Not only do you miss the blessing of fellowship, not only do you miss uh, the joy of uh, walking with the Lord, but you also uh, are really in dangerous ground. I want you to think with me about this. God, of course, is all-powerful. Where is man in the whole realm of spiritual and created beings? We are created lower than the angels. Now, you have a hierarchy of demonic powers and a hierarchy of angelic powers. And God's kept, you know, how he created. He's a God of order. And um, he's a very just God. And so Satan was the highest of all of the created beings. Powerful. In fact, if you saw Satan, saw some of his glory, you actually would think you're seeing God. Because he was made in such a way that he would... He was to bring all of creation into worship of God. That's why he is so powerful. And then you got powerful demonic powers uh, that, that that had fallen with him, such as the prince of uh, Persia, which was the, the um, great empire when Daniel was praying there in uh, Daniel chapter 10. And then you have uh, Michael the archangel delivering Gabriel, who was coming to give a message to um, Uh, to Daniel, and Michael had more power than the demon uh, that was over Persia, and uh, so he delivered Gabriel. It's interesting. That's a little window we get, something worth studying sometimes. And then we find out there's another another demonic power that was causing Alexander the Great to be set up. He wasn't alive yet, but uh, Greece was not even known at that time was going to become the next power. And so behind a lot of what goes on in the world are demonic powers. And so you have God, Lucifer, uh, the, uh, Michael the archangel, the prince of Persia, Gabriel, the prince of, of Greece. And then you got us. We're down here, created lower than all the angels. So, at any given moment, young people, either you are in the position of being vulnerable to the powers of the fallen world, or because you are indwelt by the Spirit of God, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So I'm looking out right now. Some of you are walking in the Spirit. Some of you are, are in, in relationship and fellowship with God. You're submitted. And I'm telling you Satan can't touch you right now because Jesus has given the right for the because of what he did on the cross for the spirit of God to control you and Satan cannot touch you because he is God Almighty. Isn't that exciting? But some of you are sitting here all about self, not necessarily being worldly or selfish, but you're, you know it's what it, it's all just. You know, you're not walking with God. There's something that's not right in your life, and so man, you're vulnerable to the lowest demonic power. That's not a real good place to be in. And you can begin to see the difference in young people as a school year goes on. That's why I said I want to really encourage you to know the presence of God. To understand what you have in Him. So resist the devil and he will flee from you. I want you to say it out loud with me. Verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Like a little more emphasis on He will flee from you. Okay, let's try that one more time. Submit Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from you. Isn't that exciting? There's no excuse for anybody to have uh, the wrong influence in your life today. You say, Well, I hardly know these things. Just yield to Him, and you'll have the power of God. Yeah, you've got a lot to learn. You say, Well, you don't know. I've had some real sin problems this, this summer. Jesus forgives. You can be right with God today. You can be right with God this weekend. You can start on Tuesday in that classroom, spirit-empowered, illuminated, to be able to gain all that God has for you. It's your choice. Satan does not have to have influence on you. That is good news, folks. That's just exciting news. Because Satan's going to try to convince you, you're bad, you've got problems, you're sort of hopeless in this area, and, or you can get fearful of Satan. You don't need to do that, because we have the Holy Spirit in us. But we've got to be respectful of the power that he has. Well, thinking about that, uh, let's go on to the next verse, verse 8. Draw nigh to God. Now, here's where my heart really is for us today. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Not only do you need to submit, you need to seek. Seek to know the master. You know, so many times we think about, well, all right, he's Lord. He's all powerful. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to yield to him. (laughs) Um, Now think about it. Isn't that how you have thought, even right now, maybe somebody here and you're here and you're sort of excited about seeing what God would do, but you know there's something you you need to let go. And you're thinking, oh, you know, God, it's just, he just demands so much and, You know, I know it's the best saying, but I just don't don't think I can make it without that. (laughs) Well, that is in itself a lie of the devil. There is nothing better in life than drawing nigh to God. You were made for him. Nothing, I mean nothing, nothing in life even compares to drawing nigh to God. You were made for God. Oh, I got a relationship I don't want to give up. That's not gonna, that doesn't even compare to what God can do for you. Well, there's some, something in my life I just am too afraid to, uh, to deal with, or maybe some bitterness toward people in the past that, that you're nursing, or there's some, there's some habits you have that you really don't want to give up, and you have somehow convinced yourself that that really is going to meet your need. Do you realize, by the way, that that's idolatry? You're looking to something else other than God to meet your need, but that's really foolish because if you want to know joy unspeakable, if you want to know the peace that passeth all understanding, it's knowing God. And I got good news if you'll draw an eye to him, what's the promise here? He'll draw an eye to you. Now these are great promises. I want you to get this you know if all I was go- all I did today was say submit. Come on, you got to quit being such rebels. Submit. It leaves. All right. But I gave you a great promise. If you submit, what happens when you resist the devil? He'll flee. Hallelujah. Nobody here wants to be influenced by the devil. I hope not. And then I can draw nigh to God, and I got the promise he'll draw nigh to me. Let me let you a little secret. He's already in you the Shekinah glory that David longed to be able to sense when he went into the temple, you've got in you today. Being a New Testament believer is shouting ground uh, above everything else. And so draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. And so I want you young people to realize that God is ready to work in your life. Now, If you'll uh, go over to Revelation chapter 3. Hold your place here in James 4. Revelation chapter 3. Now we certainly want to pursue God. We certainly want to give of ourselves in prayer and uh, times alone with God to really seek him. But I want you to know that right now God's doing something in your heart. We often look at this passage about the Lord convicting someone to see them saved. But these are letters to the churches. And if you'll look with me at the end of uh, chapter 3 to the church at Laodicea, uh, verse 19, And as many as I love, so he's speaking to believers, I, Rebuke and chasten. and be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup. We'll have fellowship with him and he with me. That has the idea of the church, and I believe definitely you can apply it to us as individual Christians. This idea of seeking God, folks, begins with God. He's knocking right now, would you let me in? Now he's in, but let me be uh, able to have my presence revealed to you because your heart is yielded to me. I mean you don't have to persuade God to have a fellowship to have fellowship with you. He is desiring, He died on the cross. He's done this whole Bible is about that. All that He's done throughout history is because He loves you as much as He has loved anybody in all the world. And He desires to pour the fullness of deity into a fellowship with you that will go down to the depths of your spirit, give you all that you need for life, give you the meaning that you have, and cause you to enjoy His glory and who He is. The greatest delights in life are in the presence of God. By the way, heaven is not heaven because of the golden streets. Heaven is heaven because of Jesus and because of God. You need to learn that now. So i got good news. You come in as a freshman you say, oh, man, I need to be like upperclassmen. I'm going to have to learn how to pray and fast. And you do need to learn because there's a lot that's being gained from that. And I'm going to have to seek. And maybe by November I can learn what it means to walk with God. <laughs> no. Today, September 3rd, 2021. He's knocking right now. He's knocking right now. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I died for you. I'd love to really fellowship with you today. I'd like to come in and dine. I'd love to spend some time with you today. I'd love to let you know how much I love you. I'd like to give you a little idea of what I'm going to do for you. And I'd like you to tell me all that's on your heart. I mean, just just saying this gets to me. Young people, there's nothing like meeting with Jesus. There is nothing, nothing, no adventure, no excitement on this planet like meeting with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's knocking. You can can hear that knock right now if your heart's open at all. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to have that kind of relationship. And so going back to James chapter 4... If you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. He will. He absolutely will. Now, let me give you a little warning here. Don't look for an experience. Your spirit is deeper than your emotions will, and uh, uh, you know your emotions and and um, the different feelings that you have. Your spirit. But let me just give you an example. You can be crying and have joy in your heart. And you're not crying for joy. I've stood at the graveside of some of the dearest people on earth to me, deeply distressed because they were gone, but with joy and peace in my heart because God was there and he was meeting my need. You could be under a lot of stress. You can have a sinus headache. Anybody here get sinus headaches? Okay, nobody does. Oh, that's good. We'll have a great year. Uh, but uh, you can have, uh, not feel, human can be really tired, but you know, you can have peace in your heart. You can be aware of his presence. It may not be one of those whoop-de-doo experiences. In fact, God's really good to not let those happen too much because we look for that rather than him. Remember, you're wanting to fellowship with him. Now, when you'll see your parents again after a few months, you may have an emotional few moments. But then a couple of days later, you're still fellowshipping with them, but you're not all excited like you were when you first saw them, right? Emotions are all, but you still love being with them uh, or whoever you want to be with. And so be careful of looking for something that um, is, uh, that's extra whenever you have a special time with the Lord, but you just have in the quietness of your heart the realization that he's there and that you're right with him. All is right with with your life and God. And I'm telling you, the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, young people, I hope you're listening to me. It's always on this very first chapel. I'm, our minds are going everywhere. That's why I'm trying to keep it simple. Submit. Submit. And then you can resist the devil. You don't have to be influenced by him. If you just, best you know, say, Lord, you've got control. And then just open the door. Open the door. Start learning. You know, learn what it means to pray. We'll help you with that. But just say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to meet with you. That's my heart desire. It's more his desire than your desire by far. He's going to do it. He won't bypass you. Anyone here, no matter what your background, God will have a very special relationship with you. But I do need to finish it out here, because it's all connected. The latter part of verse 8 that I read, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Verse 9, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He'll do what? He'll lift you up. All right. Young people, all of what I've been through is pretty positive stuff. But what will trip you up is what keeps you from submitting to the Lord. And so this is pretty straightforward. This is, has the picture of cleansing yourself to be able to be worshiping the Lord in the temple. In the, uh, all that the Levites went through to serve the Lord there. To come into uh Serving him, 2 Corinthians 7.1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness uh, in the fear of God. Now I've got good news for you here. What you need to do is just respond to the Lord's conviction in your heart, and the cleansing comes from him. That's what's so exciting. He's already paid the price for your sin on the cross. Now, I can tell you right now, I doubt if there's hardly anyone here that doesn't want what I just preached. But Satan's telling you that, well, you've got some things and, um, you know, that's just going to really hold you back. And the Spirit of God's going to put his finger on your heart because he loves you and say, you know, you can't keep thinking this way or you can't hide that anymore. I'll guarantee you, some of you young people really need to get some things confessed to your parents. New students, you don't want to carry that baggage. You know that you went behind their back. You've been doing some things that have not been right. And uh, maybe it's uh, someone else other than your parents. And I just want to plead with you. God wants to draw nigh to you. He wants to do great things. He wants to give you great victory over the evil one. But you have got to, to trust Him enough in submitting to Him to allow Him to cleanse you by you being open and honest. See, you've got to afflict yourself. You've got to mourn. You've got to weep. In other words, you've got to realize sin is what it is. And God will, the idea of purifying your heart is to have single focus on God. In other words, I'm going to trust Him so much, I'm not going to be afraid to deal with these things. And you're going to hear specific preaching. You may not, you know, maybe you're not thinking about it today, but tomorrow night you might when Dr. Jim preaches. Or you might when Brother Gleiser is here. All of a sudden God deals with you. Don't be afraid to get right with God. There is never anything to fear. God loves you. And God will work it out. And boy, to be free from those things is glorious. But don't wait till tomorrow night, if you know what it is today. Don't wait till the meetings with Brother Gleiser you want to grow during those meetings you don't need to be battling over something that needs to be dealt with cleanse your hands ye sinners and every one of us are sinners okay let me stop right here did something come to mind are you clear with your parents do they know that they have your heart have you been fully honest Or there's some things you're too embarrassed. A lot of times we don't confess because we're just too embarrassed. Do you think God will give you courage to deal with those things? Some of you still have parents here. Get those things settled right away. Uh, Get them taken care of right right now. Your parents may not be here. Get on the phone. Let's don't live with that in our hearts. Let's get ourselves ready to walk with God. Don't let this block you and make you miserable. I hate to tell you, you're gonna find in the next few days some of many of the students here are just gonna be reveling in truth and just thrilled about the Lord, and you're gonna be thinking, I am really an idiot. You know, I can't even get it. Man, I tell you, I don't know what's going on. I'm so dull. It's, I don't well the problem is it's probably just something you need to get right. It's just probably something really simple. And students here can tell you, uh, it's so easy to say, "I'll deal with that later." I'll deal with it later. No, it's not that big a deal. It's a big deal. My parents will kill me. No, they won't. I promise you. Uh, you don't know my parents. They won't kill you. I promise you. You'll be okay. All right. You know, I need to go talk to the dean. He might. No. <laughs> or she might. <laughs> no. There's grace. Jesus is saying, let me come in and have, let me have a meal spiritually with you. Can I just enjoy your fellowship? I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. Now, it's just, he knows the feelings of our infirmities. He will deal, he will help you, he will give you grace. Don't carry that baggage. I mean, as soon as you can, let's get it settled. Because God says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. I'm knocking. I, I, will, I will cause Satan not to be able to uh, have a part of your life. I will give you freedom like you've never had. Would you trust me? I've got so much for you this semester. Did you know that every class will be a blessing to you? but it will be a chore if you're not walking with God. You came here to let God transform you. But you've got to submit. And I love verse 10. And I will finish with this. Humble yourselves... In the sight of the Lord. All right? We're talking about his presence, right? The more you know of his presence, the more he's going to do what? Show your needs. Did you know a Christian that's growing is no longer afraid of having their sin exposed? They're glad to have it exposed. That's why a lot of there's a difference between people that come to church and don't. Those that really come to church a lot want to keep having the layers peeled back, they love having a closer relationship to Jesus. If you'll humble yourself, and just be honest, you've got needs, everybody here has needs. We're all in the same boat. We're a mess, you know, if it weren't for the grace of God. We're all in we're all on each other's uh, team here. We're for you, and God's for you. Humble yourself in the sight, in the presence of God. The more you know the presence of God, uh, you will be humble before him, and what will he do? He'll lift you up. You try to be somebody, forget it. When you're walking with God, he'll make something very special of your life. People that are mightily used of God are shocked. (laughs) He uses humble people. It's just such a sweet thing to see God work. You know, honestly, we look at freshmen sometimes and think, well, this is going to be something. And, uh, (laughs) And then by the time they're a senior, wow. And I tell you what, certainly it's all the training and all the things we endeavor to do, but it's God. Now, you older students, isn't that true? Yes. Don't you appreciate some of your fellow students? You just see God in them. And that's what lifts them up to you now. It isn't this great talent and this great leadership ability. You just appreciate them. They're real. There's God. It's powerful. That's what we need. That's what ministry is all about. So just a simple challenge this morning. We don't have to wait until 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Preaching tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and forever, it seems like here. I have all kinds of preaching. But don't wait for that. Did you know that God has something for you tomorrow night that you're going to miss if you're not right with God today? And you'll get a lot more. That, did you know every whatever your sin issue is, that's all you're going to hear in every message. The older students have heard me say it. I remember I was here just a few years, and I was guy came up afterwards he was a regular attender here and he just was furious he said I am so tired of the fact that you preach on smoking all the time I said smoking when was the last time I preached on smoking I couldn't even think of it he said I'm sure you do he said because I just I feel so bad about my smoking oh I said that wasn't my preaching that was God but it was so interesting that's all he could hear and of course I was preaching all kind of stuff he didn't hear it it's, and you, In fact, what will happen then is you'll begin to get rebellious because you are going to get frustrated at being dealt with all the time when God wants to have fellowship with you. God's not mean. He's wanting to give you the desires of your heart. He has the best in store for you. Don't miss it by being stubborn.